welcome back. This is your internet uncle. Today, it's a little bit of a redo, but we're going to talk about growing up Viet. In Canada, well, my experience anyway, so some of this I've gone over before last year, but this is an update, maybe a little more detail. So, in case you were wondering, and you probably weren't, a Vietnamese kid's upbringing is full of being yelled at for not listening, for not listening properly, for hurting oneself, for hurting others, for being rude, for being childish, for being uh, and uh, and it doesn't end. So it's no wonder half the time, especially the, the guy kids, you know, they rebel and some of them end up turning bad. We'll talk about the consequences of that in a different episode. There tends to be a lot of pent-up rage. I grew up pretty straight and narrow, and I ended up still being pretty angry. And part of it is, uh, you know, I'm going to blame the Confucian portion of the culture because it spread from China to a lot of neighboring countries, Vietnam, Korea, Japan, where order is more important than individual rights. But uh, that's something someone much smarter than me can go into. In any case, understanding is not a patient parent's strong suit. They just demand obedience. So, speaking of the parents, uh, they had a choice when they were in the Malaysian refugee camp of where to go. And, uh, well, there wasn't really much of a choice. It was either come to Canada, sponsored by a Christian group, or stay in the Malaysian refugee camp for God knows how long. So, pretty sure they made the right choice, seeing how I'm alive. And we ended up in Kelowna, but I think I talked about that. That's where I was born. And, you know, live life, uh, it seemed like a pretty decent life. A lot warmer there. Wish we could have stayed, but early 80s being the way they were, there was no work. So, out east we came to Edmonton. Actually, my old man uh, went up to Fort McMurray first, and actually he met uh, the ex's aunt and uncle. One actually ended up getting us paired together up there, and they swindled on some money. And he still got a, so my dad still got me to meet with the ex. And he got mad when I, any case, that's a different story. So as a kid, I used to jump out of the crib, according to my parents. Luckily, their bed was right beside it, so I didn't cause too much brain damage. So they say. I'm sure I've, you know, smacked my head more than a few times. I actually had pretty bad anger problems and used to headbutt things to express my anger till I got uh, removed from my system one way or another. At the tender age of three, I guess my rebellious phase wasn't at an end. I decided I had enough of family life, and so I picked up one of those, uh, not the four liter ice cream pail, one of those like 20 something liter, like tall boys, you know, the ones that uh, the ice cream shops have. So I loaded some toys and took off down the street with it. I was off to a new life. Well, the old man uh, humored me and just kind of followed me with the car. And I made it down like about a block before this big dog, you know, just kind of jumped at the fence, you know, and barked really loud and made me cry like a little baby that I was. And the old man was still gig still laughing pretty hard when he, uh, he carried me back home. So, left Kelowna when I was about four. And 
there were some areas, especially around the Mutar Conservatory, where if you don't understand English, you can get lost pretty easily. And we actually, um, I, this is something my mom told me, the old man, you know, being proud and stubborn, refused to ask for directions. And we drove in the loop for a couple hours and, you know, me and the bro were getting, you know, bored and upset and, you know, start, you know, crying and stuff, right? And that added to, uh, you know, the great mood my old man was in. And, you know, he finally had enough and he broke down and called uh, one of my mom's brothers to get us out of there. Yeah, I think he still won't admit that he was lost, that he was taking us on a grand tour of the Mutart Conservatory grounds. So I haven't always been, uh, you know, the straight-laced kid. I used to have a criminal streak. Now six. Because we were poor. And everyone had toys, especially Transformers. I wanted Transformers. So I decided to acquire Transformers without paying for them. And I enlisted the bro in this, right? And he was three at the time, and we got caught, and... Well, I don't remember what happened after, but I know my mom was pretty pissed because she was lined up, you know, checking her lottery tickets when the security guard <laughs> brought us over crying <laughs> after being caught catching us uh, shoplifting. And I can't remember if it was the ones I had or ones my mom ended up buying, but a uh, kid borrowed the Transformers from me at school and uh, never returned them. So I don't know what that says about crime, but. Yeah, I guess crime doesn't pay. Now, even though I, I got uh, whooped for shoplifting, you know, I was I was told never to steal physical goods. Copying VHS tapes, though, that wasn't stealing, according to my old man, who taught me how to hook up VCRs. Right, and learned fine art. Well, the beginnings of piracy from that tender, tender age. Any case, uh, about that same time, and me and the old man, I think we were at the mall or something. And actually, I have a picture a picture of myself, and I could see why uh, this incident occurred. So the old man ran into someone he had been on uh, the boat they escaped Vietnam with, and he'd been years, so they were catching up and stuff, right? And you know, the guy had asked me, "Oh, do you have family?" Said, yeah, you know, here's my kid, right? And uh, the other guy said, oh, what a beautiful daughter you have. So after a few minutes, my dad laughing, he said, this is my son. It's about the same, same age. Uh, it took a while, but eventually got Nintendo. A lot, it was a lot of begging. Generally, my mom uh, said she rented it. And... Uh, you know, that week we'd always have a variety of games we wouldn't get bored. Eventually, she thinks she broke down just, or someone got us a, you know, a permanent purchase system for home. And we would play the shit out of it, me and the bro. Especially on Saturday where we'd get up at 4 or 5, five o'clock in the morning and go and play it. Parents got sick of this, so they would hide the, the RF connector, right? We don't know where they hid it at, at various times. Like, I don't know, like, they went to with it so we could get it because you know we would bother them and then we had yelled at but in any case it, after a while we would just you know play with toys or do other things and wait till you're we allowed to play 
usually after math lessons. So I used to have a cardboard box, I think uh, one of those mango cardboard boxes, and I used it to hold mementos. So if you see you ever see you know your kid has a box and you think it's just full of trash and junk, don't throw it out. It's probably something you know that has memories and stuff with it. And don't don't be like my parents who assumed it was just trash and threw it out. I hate moving because of that. So when McDonald's was really pimping toys in their Happy Meal, they, uh, oh, maybe this is why I don't have those toys anymore. Maybe they were in that box. So they had um, kind of these plastic, you know, they had all these characters they made up for their commercials to entice kids to you know, eat their shitty food. Clean like, you know, a hamburger with, came in three pieces, you know, two pieces of the bun and the hamburger. It had eyes and stuff, right? I remember I used to folding up napkins and I made like tables and bed and chairs and it was nicer than a Barbie dream home in my mind. That's gone now. So something, uh, well, it depends, I guess, your point of view. Maybe a little sweet, maybe, um, I don't know, think of a word to make fun of me. Like, I used to, because, you know, me and the bro would go to bed early, right? Sometimes I'd sneak out, and the parents, I'd, like, kind of, kind of sneak out my bed and go to their bed and sleep between them. Obviously, this is before they got divorced. So, there was one time the old man took me and had pan fries after going to the hospital, so after that, I was hooked. I, I really liked pan fries. So I tried to make it myself. You know, being the weekend, I didn't, you know, learn not to bother the parents. So I tried, you know, doing things on my own. Well, I learned the hard way to not use a fillet knife to cut potatoes. Because uh, I uh, slipped and cut my, in my left index finger right to the bone. I still have the scar to this day, and I'm pretty sure it's, it's to the bone, because I remember seeing white. It's one of the few memories from childhood I still have. There was a lot of blood, and probably a lot of yelling after, but in any case, I didn't die. Uh, just a random note here. I am old enough where there used to be two phone companies in Alberta, Edtel and AGT, Alberta Government Telephones. I actually ran into a fellow, uh, an organization I started to volunteer with who had worked for one. One and then the other, and then uh, when they went private and became TELUS after purchasing BC Tel, like he worked for TELUS for a little bit too. And I use mentioning you know, there's differences in culture. I won't go into it here. I, I don't remember clearly. I don't want to mess it up. But yeah. So it, there's also times, that was a time when you know, we went to dial seven digits. And when they made us start dialing the area code, it was very, you know, earth shattering. And then, you know, we had two area codes, you know, one for Southern Alberta. They got our original area code, 403. And then in Edmonton and uh, Red Deer North became 780. And they added a 587 later, I think, because there's too many cell phones and whatnot. And I've just read they're adding a fourth one because there's so many more phone subscribers. So quite a big difference.
when a group I was pretty small and sort of easily picked on. And not just by humans, by animals too. I hate llamas. Fuck llamas. Let me explain why I hate llamas. Because we're at the Edmonton Zoo, and you know, we were being there on a school tour, and we're just standing, standing by the fence, and the llama leaned over and just fucking bit me right in the chest. Left a pretty nasty bruise. So fuck llamas. So that scene in Conan Destroyer where Arnie punches out that camel, I just imagine me, which I'll never be, and punching out, instead of camel, a llama. So now to the different kind of animal being abusive. I remember being at some kind of camp and I had a really bad dry cough. So I think I, was, I came to the camp six. I had actually brought my own cough syrup, medicated cough syrup. And I asked for some water to wash it down because I had to, you know, drink the syrup, have some water. That was a procedure at home. Well, the camp counselor forbade me from drinking water, saying that the cough syrup worked better without it, despite the fact that, no, my mom told me to get some water, but the camp counselor knew better, so fuck that person too. Oh, and I got signed up for the Vietnamese scouts one time, and I got picked on. So, I'm in an when I grew up, I was in an inter interest, uh, interesting position because because I grew up speaking English first. I didn't fit in with the Vietnamese kids because I grew up here, right? So I you know wasn't part of any Vietnamese culture. I like the kids who had come over, but same time, you know I wasn't really in line with you know part of the mainstream Canadian culture. You know I spoke English and stuff, so I got. I didn't get picked on as much by, you know, the Western kids as I did by the Vietnamese kids. And I don't know if they're venting their frustration because they're more angry that, you know, I could speak English properly and they couldn't. So then they're just making fun of me when any way they could. In any case, so, you know, I got, and it was, it wasn't just like a few kids. It was every single one in the troop, right? The older kids made me do extra drills when we played soccer, right? Uh, one kid way bigger than me, you know, power kicked the ball like into my leg deliberately to knock me over. Right? And I told my mom this. My mom found out when she found out, right? And she cursed them all out. So hmm, I'm just a why. Still wondering why I got married to a big girl. Oh yeah, because I'm dumb. <laughs> In any case. Uh less traumatizing childhood moments included there used to be a sand lot. Not a big one, just a tiny little one. It was kind of the like half of a of a car lot. Not sure why I was there. Not sure why there were abandoned rusted cars there. Not sure why why my parents didn't realize I enjoyed playing there, <laughs> or the fact that I could have gotten some tetanus from uh, the cars. But you know, I like playing cars there. I think I lost a couple of diecast cars. In that sandlot. Eventually, um, Jiffy Lube uh, moved in and paved that shit over. So I was kind of irritated by that, but so be it. Some things, uh, some life lessons. So I mentioned I hate moving. Uh, one of the reasons, this is not, this is 
Well, I got blamed for it, so we'll just say it's my fault. There have been a couple times I've been asked to move things with bottles of fish sauce, and I'm clumsy as shit. So, guess what? I tripped, I fell, I broke the bottles. One was out right outside the door of our apartment. Not the apartment building, of our apartment. We moved a month after. Second time I did it, it was getting out of a car, right? And it doesn't matter. It could be a flat road with nothing in the way, and I'll find a way to trip over my own feet. So I broke another bottle of fish sauce, but thankfully, this was on the grass outside of the apartment building. The very first computer me and the bro got was a 486DX, not SX, DX, at the coprocessor, DX2, 75 with 4 megabytes of RAM. 4 megabytes of RAM. It's $1,500, so that's probably about close to three grand, I'm guessing, with inflation. Came with a 14-inch monitor. Man, that was hard on the eyes. You know, it took a year and a lot of begging. We finally doubled the RAM to 8 megabytes, and it cost $200 for four extra megabytes of RAM. But now we could run our mech game, Earth Siege, with sound. It was fantastic. And of course, in the first week after getting it, not knowing what I was doing, I deleted C drive windows. Back to the store. <laughs> yeah. It was good. I, I learned a bit of DOS, learned a few things with computers, and eventually led to me building another number of computers. Probably spent a little too much money doing that, but so be it. But uh, it's about that time when we got the computer, you know, we, we lived downtown. And we didn't live in, like, you know, the greatest area. You know, it's the immigrant quarter. Uh, by the time we, you know, we, uh, you know, we moved in and out of that area when we moved back before moving to the West End. Actually, no, we moved back there from the West End. Most of the Viet people had moved out. You know, they had gotten better jobs, you know, bought houses of their own in the suburbs and stuff. And it's called the Avenue Nations. And, you know, there's a lot of rundown buildings. Um, you know, various slums, full cockroaches, bed bugs. Not like nothing like to the, you know, level of the ghettos you see, like uh, on American television or and whatnot. It was, it was kind of rough, but, you know, you kept your nose out of it. You were fine. You know, like, it didn't matter. Like, you know, you saw this. Whenever you saw BMWs at a rundown apartment building, he just didn't ask, right? You know, there is a some wild times down there. Oh, but one of the positive things, because it was one of the oldest areas of Edmonton, they had these great tall elm trees, and they formed this canopy in the summer. It looked felt like you're driving through, you know, tunnels carved through a forest. It's fantastic. The trees are still there, and there's been a big fight to keep them safe from Dutch elm disease. Oh yeah, and uh, there used to be an ambulance station right two do like two uh, buildings down from us so they moved uh, a couple streets over. So yeah, that uh, was disruptive living beside an ambulance station. At the you know I, I would mention like the hookers didn't seem to like go around our part of downtown they're 
I think a little bit further east. Same with the you know the more of the home you know, the homeless and uh, the drug addicts. Though it wasn't without incident. So ones I personally have seen. Uh, well, my neighbor got uh, our neighbor got beat up because he saw some young uh, young kids just kind of roving night and kind of gave them uh, he was you know harassed them a little bit you know demanding why they're out and whatnot right. So they took up lead pipes, you know, they had hid in their pants and beat the crap out of him. They didn't kill him, thankfully, but he was pretty beat up. Because I was asking him what had happened when I saw him with a couple black eyes and bruises all over his face one day. One time I was coming home and I was on the bus. So this is in broad daylight. We had this little street, um, it was kind of like a side street off the main boulevard there. And these two vehicles, one was a minivan, the other was a car of some kind. And, you know, they were in opposite lanes, so they were facing opposite directions. And they were yakking at each other. So suddenly, a guy pops out of the minivan, and he's, like, waving a machete. And he comes around, and he take, tries, because the other guy in the car had his hand up, you know, on the, you know, holding the roof classic, like, as if you're driving the distance, you know, enjoying the breeze with your hand. And it almost like the guy's hand off with the machete. He missed, right? So you, so you get literally, like, you know, you can hear him, but you get literally in your mind, picture him saying, oh, fuck, drop the machete, hop back in the minivan, and the minivan guns it down the, you know, they turn and gun it down the boulevard, you know, the side door open, right? And everyone on the bus is like, oh, shit. The car re- ripped in reverse, crossing the boulevard, not caring who was coming or whatnot. Thankfully, there weren't any cars in the way. But they crossed the street, right? And then, you know, turn chased after them. So they're blazing down the boulevard. And they both passed this cop car that was down on our side street who turned and went the other way. So there are a couple other uh, <laughs> fun times. But I'll leave that. Like I mentioned that in uh, my time at Turbo, which was like half a block down from where we lived at, the, at that point. I... So this is a time I can mention uh, there were some differences with, between me and the people who grew up. There were some cultural differences because I cause we had lived in the West End and started uh, high school there before we moved back to downtown. So, oh no, I finished high school and then we moved. Yeah, that's what it was. Finished high school, then we moved back downtown. So, you know, hanging out with people, you know, friends with in high school. And this include partying after, you know, when we just started university. So, you know, most, most people I went to high school with, they were, grew up middle class, right? So they thought downtown Edmonton was, you know, the ghetto, right? Which is, it's nowhere near, like, I've, like, I've never been to an American ghetto. I've only seen, you know, pictures and videos, right? You know, basically on what I've seen in The Wire, right? And it's, and I've been told the wire is pretty accurate. And it's like, that's a lot more frightening than downtown Empton. Even now, like there's, you know, a lot more violence and, and whatnot. You know, it's literally, you know, it's not a place where you, where you cross the wrong street and you've entered the wrong district and you get shot or beat up because you ain't the right skin color. It's not like that. As far as I know now, but the time we were living there like 10 years ago, no, definitely not. Oh no, 20 years ago now, sorry. Shit, it's been a long time. Anyways, 
you know, we were at a club downtown, right? And, you know, the person was supposed to give me a ride. And I was drunk and I was like, I'm tired of waiting. I kind of left a note. I thought this was a genius move. I left a note using like, um, like big pieces of mulch on her Econoline van, which, you know, promptly fell over because, you know, drunk, drunk me is incredibly intelligent. And I just started walking home because it wasn't that far. It was like, you know, maybe 10, 15 blocks. And I ran into a fellow, um, drunk native fellow, right? He was kind of half in and out of his coat. And he's, you know, he saw me coming, like, there's no one else around. He's like, you know, can you help a brother out, he says. So, yeah, no problem. You know, so I get him right, you know, get his arms into the jacket, zip him up, right? He's like, thanks a lot, brother. You know, we both went on our merry way and I got home. The next day, uh, and this is before we had cell phones, right? So the next day, uh, you know, ran to the same friend because we promised to meet up to do a um, toy donation. So we're going to go shop for toys together and then donate them to charity for this is around Christmas time. And the, the girl who was supposed to drive me, like, she saw me, she ran up to me and like, she started so, like shaking me and hugging me and saying, I thought you died. And it's like, cause you know, she thought, you know, walking a few blocks through downtown Edmonton was a death sentence. Like it was the Bataan death march. <sighs> and it is just a couple food notes to wrap things up. Chicken wings used to be dirt cheap. They used to be thrown out. So this is like shit. Well, this is 40 years and I'll get going now. Right. And I remember eating a lot of soy chicken wings with rice and cucumber because I was a picky eater when I was growing up. And then, you know, it stopped because someone got the bright idea of deep frying the motherfuckers and, you know, selling them as cheap enticements for people to buy beer. And now they're more expensive than, you know, whole chickens or, you know, healthier part, well, healthier quote unquote parts of the chicken. Uh, and lastly, canned mushrooms. They're awful. They taste weird. But they're nostalgic for me because you know, when my grandma used to cook up soup, she would just, you know, drain a couple of these mushrooms and throw them in the thing. So, and it was always fun to kind of detach the stem from the cap and, you know, chew the two bits separately. Still don't taste very good. And I'm saying we bought them because they were much cheaper than buying fresh mushrooms. But, you know, that's growing up during the 80s. So thanks for listening. And I actually have, I've, you know, given it a little more thought and not been lazy. So for your viewing consideration, I recommend Mossbag. He is a YouTuber who talks about Hollow Knight lore. Hollow Knight is a Metroidvania game. Don't use them, like using that term, but it's very hard to describe otherwise. You're a bug. You're trying to figure out a mystery. I'll leave it at that. Thanks again for listening. Thanks to Dennis for making this thing happen, and we'll catch you later.